Oh my god. Emily, I have the consump. The what? It's what the teens are calling consumption. I hate you so much. Also, if you're dying of consumption, that's great, because I already got the TB test for my new job, so, like, I'm solid. Oh, so, okay, at least I can't kill the entirety of this podcast with my disgusting, horrible lung disease. Well, I mean, (laughs) you might kill me, but, like, I won't lose the job because it popped positive on the test. Well, that's true. If I kill you, it will be after you've received this job, which is lovely. That's really what matters. Yes. Do you get healthcare from this job? I do. It could save your life. Maybe. Wonderful. Hey, I like how in this conversation we've really set up what's going on in our lives lately for the listeners. Oh, yeah. Emily has a new job. I do. And I'm sick. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) It's all very good. Um, Is it? Yeah. Is it? Is it? Well, it's good for you. Well, yeah. New jobs are dope. You, <laughs> with your consumption. Look, I'll live, listeners, um, but I do want to just take a moment to say an apology, because it might get a little phlegmy up in here, and I'm going to do my best to edit out some of the nastier snorts and sniffs, um, and, and try to do some pauses and get some water and shit, but like... Your boy is sorry. She really is. Like, like, (laughs) it's nasty in here. Here's the thing. If I have to suffer, everyone should have to suffer just just a bit. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we sat next to each other at Thor last night, so if I was going to get consumption... I got my germs all over you. That would have been it with our jazz interlude of 20 minutes when they forgot about us and the screen was borked. They literally did. They're playing Thor in every theater in this entire movie complex. And they, yeah, they forgot about us on the end for 15 minutes. (laughs) We were supposed to start at 945 and the manager came in at like 10.05 after one of our friends went to go get them. Yeah. Because it was stuck on like dish satellite. Oh my god, Dish Satellite playing some of the smoothest jazz So hits. much jazz. And, you know, honestly, nothing is worse than sitting through 20 minutes of a thing when you only have about 10 minutes of material on it as far as jokes go. Yeah, yeah. We were all very funny laughing it up for a while, and then, and then we got it, tired then it got of to waiting. be too much. Yeah, because goddammit, we came there to see Thor. Not smooth jazz. Ugh, smooth jazz and the goddamn dish logo. Jeez. Does anyone actually get dish anymore? Literally, does anyone out there have a dish? I would love to know that. Please tell me. Does it go out when it rains? I've always wondered. They seriously do, is the thing. They totally do. They they go out if there's like a tree. Jake's mom used to have dish. And oh. there was like a tree that's like branches would sort of hit it sometimes in the wind. And it'd just be like, nope, you don't have TV now for 10 minutes. Whoever oh. thought the dish was cool was fucking wrong. Also, shout out to my fellow Furby murder thing creatures of doom. Oh my god, yes. Yeah. We heard from so many people. Yeah. You guys, shared experiences. Oh my god. We believe you. Yes. Oh my god. All you Furby survivors out there, we believe you. We believe you. We're proud of you. Good job. I just cured the mic by accident. So, um... Shall we get started? We both have games for each other today, in a way that I hope doesn't get horrible and disgusting. Um, but we're both, we're both going to tell a story. Um, we are on serial killers since we kind of skipped last week. We, we did so many skippy things. We did some spoopy stuff. So, so we're back on serial I'm killers. I'm coming back with a big name. Yes. And I'm coming back with not a huge name, but I bet some people would know him. He was big enough to get a nickname. Yeah. But you are starting us out. <laughs> I am. And I'm very upset about it already. She is. She Whenever sent me she... that gif of the cat with the bread on its face that falls like, off the bed. No. No. Well, whenever you message me earlier in the day being like, oh, you bitch, you're going to suffer. Oh, it's going to hurt. Are you like, ready? You don't even want to hear this shit. You're like, I, I, I'm like, yeah, I know. I don't want to hear this shit. Please. Please don't do this to me. And you always do. You always do this to me. This is payback for giving me consumption. Future consumption. You know what would happen? I just coughed directly into your mouth. Wow. Do you know what would happen if Hannibal were here? He would nurse you back to health and then eat you. That's true, only because he would not want to eat somebody that had... Nobody wants to eat consumption. consumption. (laughs) Right. I'd die at Hannibal's hands if he first nursed me back to health. It'd be cool. It'd be fine. He's, like, so handsome. But, like... (laughs) Is that a problem? Uh Uh-oh. Would he just kill you quick? 
Or would he pull, like, oh, I'm going to feed me. you. Yeah. He'd able Gideon me. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> he would, look, he would just cut off body parts as needed, feed them to some snails for a while, eat the snails with me at his table, and um, I see nothing wrong with that. I don't... I the more you know. <laughs> hey, we're all here learning about each other. Uh, I'm fine with being eaten, I guess. Yeah, okay. Specifically by Maz Mickelson, though. I will take nobody else. <sighs> I'm probably going to cut all of that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need my family members knowing that I'm cool with being eaten. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like that's something that everyone should know. Maybe that's... Just to, like, put it out in the universe. For the good of society. People yeah. People should know that about me. Sure. I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> Also, for the record, I am not cool with being eaten. Again, right, I am right. not cool with it. You try it, I stab you with a butcher's knife. Don't eat Emily. Yeah. Stop it. I know you're thinking about it. I can hear you thinking about it. Just eat Taylor. Don't eat Emily. And actually, don't eat me unless you're Maz Mickelson. I'm trying to make it very clear here. There's one person I'm cool with eating me. But what if it's like a doppelganger? What if it's like a very good doppelganger? The accent is also very important. He also has to be Danish. You can learn that. Mm, carrying on. <laughs> Before I reveal right. any more horrible truths about myself, let's go. All right. <laughs> well, I'm so, so scared. I'm kicking this off. No. By talking about a mass murderer who went on a murder spree in Chicago. Oh my God. So it counts as the a mass 60s. murderer and not yeah, a serial Yeah, he's a mass killer. murderer and not a serial killer. Fuck. Yep. Yep. Don't see many of those. Nope. And this bitch, this is what I have literally in all caps at the top of my notes page. And Taylor can confirm. Yep, so it's real this big. bitch ate crayons after his dad died to get attention when he was six. Ladies and gentlemen, Richard Speck. <laughs> Fucking oh. Richard Speck. Hi, Richard. And I have a weird connection to this one. Because my mom did part of her undergrad at the University of Chicago. Mm. And she was there at the same time that Richard Speck was active. Fuck. So, you know, that's cool. <laughs> that's one of those degrees of separation that you're not interested in nope. having. Nope. <laughs> Cut it out. <laughs> yeah, fuck off. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on the upside, spoiler alert, Richard Speck is now dead. Good. So, Isn't that nice? Yeah. Rip. Um, so let's travel back in time with me to July 13th, 1966. Ooh, hold on. I just got carried away on a, a breeze of whimsy and good storytelling. Yes, yes. Well done. Okay. <laughs> so they had been going through a massive heat wave for nearly a week in Chicago, and it finally broke that night. I bet it was so stinky. Probably. <laughs> and there was a yellow brick townhouse mm -hmm. on 100th Street. I'm not going to give the exact address, although you can Google it. All right. Rules of the game. Yes. This is going to be just a quick guess, and I'm going to tell you if you're right or wrong. Okay. So... There were nine people in that house. Mm-hmm. Do you think just one survived? Or do you think more than one got out? Okay, here's the thing. I might be cheating a tiny little bit because I have recently seen Mindhunter. <laughs> um, and from what I recall, it's one survives. It's the one who answered the door. And she hid under her bed. Oh, ding, ding, ding. Oh. <laughs> Taylor wins. Taylor gets wine. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe I retained information. Wow. I'm so bad at that. I'm so impressed. I mean, he threw a bird into a fan. <laughs> like, I can't believe I, I didn't forget everything that happened before that. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Richard Speck's weird. Ugh. If you would ask, like, me her name her name, though, I have no idea. I wish I knew more about all of these people. Well, you're going to learn. Oh, fuck. Yay, asking. Ye shall receive. Mm, I don't recall actually asking. You just did. Check the tapes. I said I wish. It's not the same. It's totally the same. Your wish is my command. 
Look, I'm a fairy fucking godmother now. <laughs> my, my gross, gross murder, Janie. All right, so her name was Corazon Atienza, and that's her married name. Corazon, like heart? Yeah. Oh, that's really She's sweet. from the Philippines. Okay. And she was basically studying abroad, and she and all the other nursing students, there were eight other nursing students in that house. Shit, okay. And... She did open the door. He had gotten into the house and went up the stairs and knocked on her bedroom door. And she opened the bedroom door and he forced his way in. He had a gun. Uh. He got all the girls. He tied them up in the living room and then started going at it. But he, like, put them at ease first. So, like... It was about 10.30 at night. She'd locked the front door. Or at least she said she remembers locking the front door. So I trust that she did. Uh That's one of those things that, like, it sticks with you after a traumatic experience. Yeah. So she went upstairs to her bedroom. And she said she was drifting off to sleep as her bunkmate was saying her prayers. And then he knocked about a half an hour later. And she describes him as a lanky young man with pockmarked face and greasy, slicked-back hair. And if you look at the pictures of him, it is pretty dead on. Oh, shit. The dude is not attractive. (laughs) Gross, yeah. And he reeked of alcohol. So she survived a six-hour ordeal. Mm. And she was trusting that it was the alcohol that made him forget about her and let her hide under the bed without him realizing someone was missing. Sure. But he had everybody tied up in the living room and he was talking to them. He like sat on the floor and he was like smoking and then all of a sudden he just kind of started he kicked it off and started killing people. Great. I like how he needed to warm up. Yeah. Like, he put him at ease and then did his thing. Gross. So, they're saying he systematically stabbed, strangled, and mutilated eight of her nursing school fellow students. She hid under the bed and managed to survive. But that came at a price. Because... He actually raped one of the nurses on the bed she was hiding under. Oh, shit. Ugh. Yeah. But, like, he, when he was tying people up, he was like, don't be afraid. I'm not going to hurt you. And I actually watched a documentary about him, and he used to walk around with, like, this eight-inch hunting knife that Ugh. he, like, bragged about. Yeah, that just screams I'm not going to hurt you. Yeah, but he, like, used the knife... To cut up a bed sheet into strips to tie people up. Mm, okay. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> and he got mad because the first nurse he took back spit on him. And like basically was like, you're not going to get away with this. Oh shit. Yeah. But just kind of like to go over like what she went through. This is from an interview with her. Mm-hmm. And they called it the killing orgy, and I don't like that. Oh, that's disgusting. I don't like that. Yeah, that, no, that's nasty. Yeah, so he untied the first nurse's ankles and marched her into a bedroom. Uh, Corazon said she heard a sigh and then silence, which is so crazy because she, the nurse that was taken back was gagged, strangled, and stabbed in the left breast. Which you would think, even through a gag, you'd hear something, but... Well, yeah, I mean, you'd think. I mean, unless he strangled first. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. This is one I didn't look into the autopsy reports of. Oh, good. You know what? That's like a step forward for you, and I'm actually really proud. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Look at me go. Look at me go. for you. But he left everyone, like, in the living room. So he was slowly just kind of taking them out. One at a time or two at a time. Because mm-hmm. he stabbed one of the nurses 20... Or he stabbed two of the nurses 22 times. And took enough time to go wash his hands. 
Ugh. Yeah. And then picked up. And other nurses were actually hiding under bunk beds. Because, I mean, he was leaving them alone in the living room for 20 to 30 minutes at a crack. Right. If not longer. But the ones that were hiding under the bunk beds that he remembered about and that Mm -hmm. he found, he dragged them out and then killed them outside of the room they were hiding in. And then his last victim, Davy, Miss Davy, is the one that he raped on the bed that Corazon was hiding under. Oh, man. So he's right there. Yeah. And she's just, like, quietly praying through it. And I have no idea how she stayed quiet through this whole thing that is incredible. Oh, my God, yeah. I mean, you just have to. Yeah. Ugh. But then Speck took Davy out to the living room and strangled her. At which point then Corazon, and this was actually really smart... She crawled out from the bed she was hiding under, under to another bed. So she switched beds she was hiding under. Oh, shit. And used a blanket that was hanging to the floor to conceal her. Oh. So she wasn't just, like, hoping he wouldn't check. She was trying to hide in case, even if... Like, in case he was just peeking under. Right. And Speck actually did return to that room to get money from Davy's purse. Shit. Yeah. And Corazon said, I waited until I could hear nothing else in the house, and I don't know how, but I was able to untie myself. And at 5.30 a.m., she walked to her bedroom and climbed out the window onto the ledge and just started screaming. Oh, my God, I bet. And, like, there's the quotes of, like, they're all dead, my friends are all dead, oh, God, I'm the only one alive. Oh, oh, my God. But she had a full description of the murderer. And I mean, those pockmarks on his face are very distinctive. Mm -hmm. And he was a massive alcoholic who'd had a lot of run-ins with the police before. So they knew him and were like, oh, (laughs) a drunk guy with pockmarks on his face? Yeah. (laughs) The police fanned out and did one of Chicago's largest dragnets. What's a dragnet? It's basically where they like completely cover the city and check everything. Okay. Turn over every rock. It's like in the ocean when they have their little dragnets. And yeah, I'm like almost picturing like cops in a line down a street. <laughs> like just... Yeah, it's just the systematic search for someone. Okay, wow. So it's just a very specific way of searching. Interesting. So yeah, they search Chicago... By the next day, they'd matched up his fingerprints from the townhouse with, guess what, his arrest record. Duh. Dude, you have a record. Why did you do this? And also, like, they still, to this day, have no idea why he did it. He doesn't say. Right. He just, he had, he he admitted that he did it, and there were some videos of him in prison talking about it. Yeah. Because, like. The one time he talked about it, because otherwise he didn't talk about it. Fuck. Because, like, that's the thing. Like, and I'm not saying that Mindhunter is, like, doing a thing that's incredibly 100% realistic to what actually happened when these people were interviewed, but, like, they labeled him a disorganized killer because, like, he just had no idea why he did it. He had no planning going in. He just was, like, piss-fucking-drunk. It was it was like a crime of opportunity. Yeah, he came because across. He was actually staying at a hotel. Um, oh. It was like a little flop house. Mm-hmm. And he like had been like walking down the street or something and saw the house. And then just like came back to the house. The confidence in a person to just be like, fuck yeah, I could do that. There's like how many girls in there? I could do that. Just Yeah, just like... No planning. Well, and he was very, like, he was an attention whore as a kid. Mm -hmm. His mother was very protective, and she gave him anything he ever wanted to an extent. Mm -hmm. But it was always like, oh, you're my good little boy. You could never do anything wrong, even when he was getting into trouble and... All sorts of shit. She was bailing about. Growing growing her own little narcissist. Yep. Great. Love it. Yeah. Uh, But the hunt for Speck, after he learned that he'd left a survivor. 
Shit. Yeah. He uh, tried to kill himself and then ended up in Cook County Hospital. Oh! Where he was recognized from the newspapers. Oh my god. How did he try to kill himself? Did, did, did it say? Yes. He tried to slash his wrists with a broken wine bottle. <sighs> and he had a tattoo on his arm, which is very identifiable. Great. That said, born to raise hell. Oh. Which had been included in the description of him. Great. Because she remembered everything she could about him down to the last detail, which is awesome. Great. But I mean, thing also, to do. if you have a couple hours yeah. watching someone kill everyone you care about. Yeah, I'm sure that you have some time on your hands to really think about what the fuck they look like. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit, Richard Speck. Yeah. Ugh. So he got sentenced to death, but then the death penalty got reversed. So. Oh. He was resentenced to eight consecutive terms of 50 to 150 years. <laughs> I like that. It's like, even if you're the oldest person alive, you're still going to be in prison. Yeah, you're not getting out. No. So he confessed once. Sure. To, in an interview, that he did it. Mm hmm. But otherwise. Otherwise, no. It was just the evidence that convicted him, because fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then he died on December 5th. Rip. Yeah. Great. We're all very fucking sad about that. Yep. And people were actually kind of pissed that he died. Because I think he died of cancer. Or oh, yeah. Or those lines. I didn't look into it too much, because I didn't want to spend a lot of time focusing on him. Yeah, for sure. But one of the people involved in the prosecution of the crime and, like, all of that. Right. Like, the tragedy is that we didn't learn a goddamn thing from Richard Speck, and his death seals his lips forever. This is William Martin. We'll never know why he did what he did. I mean, that's, like, got to be the most frustrating thing when you're just, like, trying to figure out why people do what they do. Like, to have one just be like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just did it. Yeah. I killed eight people. Yeah. And I could not tell you why. <laughs> yeah. Like, and what the fuck? When he died, they also, like, interviewed Corazon. And she was like, it seemed like he died so easy. He should have died a long time ago. Hmm. But she moved on. Hmm. She's still a nurse. Uh, last reporting, she was working at Georgetown University Hospital in Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. And she was married and has two children. Wow. So she lived her life. Good job, Corazon. Also, just throwing this out here, the the guess of why he picked that house as well. Yeah. Although, again, nothing has been confirmed because bitch didn't talk. Crane-eating bitch didn't talk. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> one of the psychiatrists who interviewed Speck uh, said that Speck experienced the Madonna whore complex... And that Gloria Davy, the last woman that he killed, mm -hmm. reminded him of his ex-wife. Oh, okay. So the Madonna whore complex, is that where men basically just think of all women as either they are perfect and pure, and if they give them any reason to not think that they're all whores? Is that kind of basically... Sort of. It's like a man who will sleep around and gets sexually aroused and lusts after a sexual or, like, a beautiful woman, mm -hmm. but will never have respect for her as a wife or be aroused in a committed relationship. Okay. He literally wants what he can't have, and what he has, he doesn't want. Gross. Thanks, Freud. Freud, you were full of shit, but every once in a while, you might have been right about some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, fuck. God, what a monster. Yeah. But, but, good, but good for Corazon. Corazon survived it. Yeah. Hiding under her bed. And she managed to stay quiet and moved on with her life. Yeah. And all still good stuff. is in nursing. I don't know that I would have stayed in nursing after all that. Right. Especially, like, that's what you're in the middle of, like, learning. Yeah. 
And then going back watching and being like, eight. I watched a bunch of death, and now I gotta see more death. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, over a span of six hours. Yeah, oh my god, that's such a long time. What he did to all of those women. Just to keep her head on straight for that amount of time. Yeah. And not just start fucking screaming, because yeah. you're losing your mind. Like, Yeah, and the fact that like he didn't kill them all in like a specific room, so it was like all over the townhouse... And I'm sure if I Googled crime scene photos, there would be some... But don't. I might. (sighs) You don't control my life, Taylor. I mean, I know I'm not your supervisor, but, like, I care about about your mental well-being. So, like, what if you didn't? Oh, shit. She's about to show me a pic. Yup. I don't want to see a pic. Yeah, you do. See? Okay, so, so, like, it's Oh, it actually moved to something even worse. Thanks. (laughs) Whoops. There we go. There we go. Where's Um, my mouse now? There. Okay. So, okay. So there are very much like the sort of... small rooms. So, like, it could be, like, a three-bedroom townhouse. Yeah. But there's, like, five people in a bedroom. Right. Like, five to six people in a bedroom. Yeah. There, there seems like there's three different sets of bunk beds. They're all yeah. those sort of, like, like wireframe, rickety ass. Yeah. Just... I can see, like, the mattresses that, like, sort of, like, stripey, super thin mattress. Yeah. I'm sure that was just, like, one of it was those... cheap. Yeah. Yeah, one of those houses that came furnished that way. All yeah. the people in there. Woof. I'm sure well, you don't want to see this photo. I mean, <laughs> you're probably you fucking right. I just saw, <laughs> I know I'm, I'm right. pretty sure I saw a corpse when it went to the wrong thing, so. <sighs> Thanks, Emily. I saw a corpse today. Thanks to Emily. No, it's just a dummy. <laughs> oh my god, okay. Well, are you ready to talk about another freaky-ass motherfucker? Yes. Yay. Um, so I went only slightly outside of the box in that my, um, survivor is a man (laughs) and I was realizing like, maybe it's not the first time we've had that, but cause we did do a ladies night and I think there were male survivors of them. Yes, there were. I think that might be the only other time. Um, this is still a no, man. No, there were. Oh no, he didn't survive. Never mind. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> I like that we're getting confused which people survived and which didn't. Um, but uh, this is still a male killer. His name was William Bonin or William Bonin. It's B O N I N. I'm gonna pronounce it Bonin. Actually, you know what? I'm really not. No, because no, once not. you hear once you hear about <laughs> once you hear about what he does, actually, I'm really not. His Mm-mm. name's William Bonin. I'm probably gonna call him just, William. Just William. Just I call just, him William. Because you know we hate to humanize, but Jesus Christ. Uh, you know what? Just call him William. Yeah. Just, maybe his, Will. Now, now, part of my game, Willie. Little Willie. Little Willie. No. No. Fuck that no. shit. God damn it. What do we call him? I'm going to call Dick him. Face. You know what we're going to call him? We're going to call him the freeway killer because that was the nickname he earned himself. Oh, shit. He was active roughly, uh, as far as the killing goes, between 1972 and 1980. He was doing some shit before that, though, believe me. Oh. Um, and he's a horrible human who confessed to killing 21 but was convicted of killing 14 boys and young men between the ages of 12 and 19 years old. Ew. He's a gross motherfucker. All right. Continue Um, on about dickface. Yes. Uh, I mean, before we go any further, you can feel comforted by the fact that he did receive two separate death sentences. Did they execute both of them? Um, yeah, they killed, they killed that motherfucker twice. <laughs> and then bring twice. him back. Yeah, they... And then kill him again. They injected him, and then they restarted his heart with a defibrillator, and then they injected him again. But actually, they had to bring him across county lines to do it. <laughs> they killed him <laughs> they for ten... straddle him on the county lines. <laughs> right. They killed him for ten murders in Los Angeles County and four in Orange County, and everybody was happy. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, anyway, so Chia Boy sucks. Um, a little bit of background on him before I get into... And now here's part of our game that's going to come up. The sole survivor of this guy? Oh, God! Once he'd reached his sort of murderous phase, anyway. Um, because he has several just rape survivors. But that we're not counting that because he wasn't the freeway killer then. And I don't know anything about those people. But anyway, some background on the shitty bastard. He was born to shocking an alcoholic father and a mainly absent mother. 
Um, he was left in the care of his grandfather, who was apparently a known pedophile and had abused um, his mother as a child. She was just like, yeah, go chill with him. He was cool to it's me. It's fine. <laughs> like, and you'll things. be okay. It builds fine. character. Yeah. So we're Thanks, all... 70s and 60s. Right. Uh, he ended up in juvie at the age of eight, which I didn't think was a thing. What? Yeah. No, it is. It absolutely is. Especially and those back then, I'm sure. Watched. Dude, for real. Because, yeah, I mean, he was stealing license plates. So, like, maybe he would have been some small time shit, but, like,. He'd pro- like he'd probably already been sexually abused, and then he was further sexually abused in juvie. They found tons of evidence that that happened. Um, and then after he was released, the cycle continued. He abused sexually his brother, his neighborhood kids. And then he went on and served in Vietnam. And then after serving in Vietnam and being honorably discharged, he raped two men in his own outfit at gunpoint. Because he just thought, why not? So this is a bad man. But, I mean, he had the wherewithal to wait until he was honorably discharged. Yeah. I mean, he had, like, a medal for, like, a com- it was a commendation for, like, honorable behavior or some shit. And then they let him go, and he just was like, you know what, now I'm gonna do? I'm gonna do some fucked up shit. Oh, God. I don't know, I don't know what's going through his brain. Nothing. Yeah, probably a whole lot of jack shit. Whole lot of nothing. Because <laughs> he's garbage. Right. Um, unfortunately, the sexual assaults don't end there. Um, in 1969, he was accused of sexually abusing five boys in Los Angeles County. Um, he did this by picking them up um, while driving around. Just They were walking somewhere. He offered them a ride. He was convicted of these assaults because he's... Not even trying to not get caught, really. Um, he was because deemed a, he's garbage. He's trash. He was deemed a mentally disordered sex offender. And rather than being sent to prison, he was remanded to a Tuscadero State Hospital. And I literally put here in all caps, hooray! <laughs> <laughs> so in the hospital, um, they found just a ton of evidence of sexual abuse in his past. All that was repressed. He had no memory of it. Sure. Um, they did also find unexplained scars on his head, and they believed there was evidence of brain trauma, because sure. Well, um, yeah. Yep. And then, just, you know, because he was released oh. in either 1974 or 1975. It was Sure. Unclear. That seems like a good idea. Yep. And then, in 1975, either a year or less than that after he was released, our... Survivor comes in. His name is David McVicker. At the time, he was 14 years old. David was hitchhiking because, of course, he was hitchhiking home uh, from Garden Grove to Huntington Beach on the last day of summer vacation. Bonin picked him up, or William, or the fucking Dick freeway face. killer, a, douche, a horrible douchebag who's dead now, uh, picked him up. Dick face. Yeah. Um, and then on their way, um, he asked. McVicker for sex, and McVicker was like, um, stop the car. I would like to get out. <laughs> Excuse me! Yes. And, um, Time to go. And our horrible dick face uh, pulled out a gun and drove through a remote area and raped him. Um, sure. Pretty brutally. And then he took uh, McVicker's own t-shirt and started to strangle him. And this is this is the way in which William would go on to kill almost every other guy. Strangled with their own t-shirt. Just sort of the easiest, fastest way. He would twist it up around their necks and tug until they could no longer breathe. Occasionally he did a little stabbing. But for the <laughs> most part, that um, that gagging thing was, was really how most of them died. And this was the first person he was ever trying to kill. And McVicker started crying out. He said he was praying to God and all of a sudden dick face. our dick face released him and apologized for choking him. He then brought him back to the car, dropped him off near his house. He and got back go. in the car. I well, actually I'm not even a hundred percent sure if they ever got out of the car. It wasn't oh. like super descriptive on where he exactly was raped, just in a remote area. Maybe just they never like, got out. I'm sorry about choking <laughs> you. Right. But the thing is, he's gonna like take you back to another place and we're just never gonna talk about it. Yeah, right. okay, cool. Thanks, bye. But the thing is he did let him go. 
And, you know, spoiler alert, that's the last guy that fucking happened to. Uh, Nobody else after that, except for maybe one guy. This is where my game comes in. Oh, God. Um, Nobody else after that survived, and there's a reason for that, because McVicker actually went to the police, even though, look, it's 1975, he's a young male, and he has to tell everybody that he's been raped. (laughs) And Uh... there's such a horrible stigma, but he does it, and he tells the police, and he identifies, you know, he does his best to identify our horrible dick face. And um, he's actually convicted of what he did. He is convicted, listen to this, of lewd and lascivious conduct. Not rape. Lewd and lascivious conduct. Well, think about the time period. Exactly. And guess what he was, uh, how many years he was sent behind bars for? Just guess. Two. A little bit more. Four. Right in between. Three? Three years behind bars. Three years for the rape of a 14-year-old. Because that makes sense. Yes. Um, So he was, you know, (laughs) this literally says, despite having been convicted of kidnapping and two counts of sodomy with a child in 1968, being diagnosed as a sexual predator predator, and demonstrating criminal sexual conduct seven years later, Bonin was released by the California prison system in 1978. Isn't that good? That makes so much sense. Isn't it so Noelle, good? doesn't that make sense? <coughs> the dog doesn't even think it makes sense. What the fuck? It's not the worst part. No! And, and you were complaining about mine. I'm sorry. You said mine was bad. You were worried about mine. This one's... Wow. This one's not one house horror, which I is a little better to me for some reason. Okay, anyway. And then... <laughs> and fucking then... And then... He was picked up by the police in Orange County, literally while assaulting a 17-year-old man. But due to a fucking clerical error, he was released from jail before his trial date, and he never showed up for it. You guys, and they lost him. Paperwork is so important. Oh my god. It's so boring. Don't but fuck like, it up. It's so important. It's so important. It's literally the reason why the rest of these people died. That's on that person's shoulders. That, whoever that is, oh, I don't know if they sleep. I don't know if they're still alive. They might have been fucking 60 at the time. Still, holy shit. That's a Um, lot of guilt. And after that, this is the, this was chilling to me. One of his friends, right before he just sort of dove into the seedy underground and was not seen again for a while, one of his friends recalls him saying, no one's going to testify again. That's never going to happen to me again. And that's when the murdering started. So he, he's doing this whole thing around town where he's just picking up hitchhikers, basically. Just driving around, sure. picking up young men of a certain age. But he's also got two other dudes in tow. I didn't even write down their names because I don't fucking care. No one cares. Moving but there's on. two other dudes just like randomly helping him out. Dick butt and dick cheese. Right. There you Together, go. Together, at, at different times, they would pick up a young man, drive him to somewhere remote, Sometimes even the victim's own house, rape him, eventually strangle him with his own t-shirt until he was dead, and occasionally there was stabbing. Anyway, when uh, Bonin, or... Dickface! Dickface, (laughs) and his accomplices were eventually captured, he confessed to 21 murders. Mm. Again, he was only convicted of 14. Mm. Our survivor, David McVicker, again, 14 years old at the time this happened to him, testified at his trial, our, our horrible dick faces trial. Possibly his sentencing hearing. It actually was super unclear. I tried really hard to find that information. Not great. But either way, um, he was worried about speaking, but he felt compelled to speak when he met the mothers of two of the boys who had died. He says, she grabbed me and said, you have to speak for my kid. You have got to speak for my kid. So he felt like he really had a duty to go on and speak about what this horrible dick face did to him yeah. so that he would go to jail and never fucking get out. And um, it is true that uh, Bonin, dick face. Dick face! <laughs> dick face! He was actually um, put to death by lethal injection by the state of California in 1996. Good um, job, California. You fucked up everything else, but yeah. you did good there. Yeah. Um, his two accomplices are still in prison 
And McVicker actually, like, I found an Indiegogo of a friend of his who was writing, who was trying to get money to, like, publish a book about him, saying that, like, one of the accomplices' um, parole hearings is coming up on July 28th. McVicker will be there. He's going to testify again to say that this person should never be let out of prison. Oh, God. So he's still doing it. He's like, and like, here's the thing. The sad tragedy of David McVicker is that he is an example of what happens when victims of violent assault don't get any help when they leave. Like you've talked about people like that in the past. He has PTSD. Mm. He had recurring vivid dreams, um, where he would, he would go to bed and then get raped 10 to 12 times a night. That's what he describes it. Uh, he dropped out of school. Uh, soon yeah. after this happened to him, because it just didn't seem to matter at all. Yeah. Um, he's spent his life working odd jobs. Um, he's had a hard time telling people in his life what happened um, because of the stigma of rape of men by men. Um, and his mother has never even wanted to hear all the details. Mm. Um, he, ne- he was never offered any kind of treatment, and he cannot afford treatment. So he is still having a hard time, but the fact that he's like still fighting these two other guys getting out of prison, even when his own personal um, assailant is dead, is fucking dope. And I think that uh, he's a good person. Yeah. Yeah. So good job, David McVicker. Yeah. I wish the world was better to you. But you're a dope guy. Now, here's my game. Oh, God. Because if you look up a lot of shit about David McVicker, it says he is the sole survivor of the freeway killer. But here's the thing. <clears throat> There's another guy with a much more lighthearted story. Oh, God. But I want, I'm going to tell you his dealio. And I want you to tell me if you think this sounds like the real thing. Because I'm actually kind of torn and I want to know what you think. Okay. So. Okay. I've got my listening ears on. Yeah. Let's talk I, more about <laughs> Dick Face. Hi, Dick Face. Um. So, this guy's name is Roger Sproston. Sounds fake. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, well, when you hear that he's British. Oh, okay. Yeah, Sproston sounds a little less crazy when he's British. Um, He decided he was going to go on a little adventure. He's 28 at the time. So, that's uh, thing number one. Thing number one, he's outside of the regular age. Um, it's not, it is 1980 when he is in Los Angeles in the United States. Um, he's actually driving around the Los Angeles area through San Francisco, kind of all over that place. My favorite part of this story is that he was just looking for odd jobs as he traveled around and he got a job driving an ice cream van for a company called Mr. Jumbos. He says, on my first day of work, I picked up a van and was given uh, Watts County as my beat. But he didn't know much about it. He ran out of bananas for his banana splits, and it was the only thing he was selling, so he ran to a corner store to get bananas, and when he came back, the ice cream van had been stolen. It was his first day of work. (laughs) That's my favorite part of the story. Rip. Rip ice cream van. Ice cream vendor loses ice cream van. (laughs) Worst ice cream seller ever loses van in one day. He phoned the company, and they were not happy. So they fired him. Obviously not. <laughs> Worst ice cream vendor loses van in one day. <laughs> I'm dying. Anyway, so he made his way to Santa Monica Boulevard. 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 He Monica. made his way to Santa Monica Boulevard. Santa Monica Boulevard. How much wine have you had? Like two glasses. I'm very sick. I also have some cold medicine in me. Leave me alone. This is such a smart decision, you guys. I know. We make such good adult decisions. I know. Nobody's my supervisor. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, continue. So he's on Santa Monica Boulevard, and he's trying to hitch back into town. So I guess he's just trying to get into more Los Angeles. Right, because he doesn't have an ice cream van. (laughs) Yeah, he has a new way of getting in there. No ice cream van. Uh, After about 30 minutes, a red Ford Pinto stopped me. I opened the door and got in. The driver didn't say anything and just nodded when I said I wanted to go downtown. He wasn't physically imposing. He was squat and well-built. He was clean-shaven with short hair. A swarthy-looking bloke. 
because fuck yeah, British people. Yeah. There was swarthy. no rec- swarthy. He was a swarthy looking bloke. Um, there was no recognizable smell in the car, but a bad vibe this man gave off was almost overpowering. Hmm. Oh, really, my bud? Hmm. My dude, my yeah. pal, my friend. You got in the car. Oh. I'm sorry, my my dude. A mile or so into the journey, the man started muttering under his breath, cursing Palestine and Israel. (laughs) Usually. It's one or the other. Yeah. Usually. Usually. You don't hear about both. I mean, unless maybe you're from, like, (coughs) Turkey and you had a Palestinian friend and an Israeli friend that fucked you over and then you're just like, nope, screw them both. I'm out. I guess. I guess. I'm just out of this conflict entirely. I'm done. I have no opinions. You both suck. Right. I have no clue. Um, he didn't seem to notice I was there. I told him that I didn't need to go any farther, and the car drifted to the side of a busy freeway and stopped. Suddenly, without a word, he took out a piece of cord, lunged across, and wrapped it around my neck. I thought, this is it. I'm dead. Somehow, I managed to get my fingers under the rope to stop him tightening it. He was strong, but out of desperation, I managed to pull away. I twisted around in the seat and kicked out, catching him in the groin. He fell back and started shouting. I somehow opened the door and stumbled out. I lay there on the grass um, as he drove off, the car quickly disappearing. Um, After a few moments, I saw a police cruiser and flagged it down. The police asked me to describe my attacker and told me it was likely I'd come up against a man named William Bonin, otherwise known as the freeway killer. Otherwise known as Dickface. Yeah, to be known here to evermore on this podcast as Dickface. Fuck you, Dickface! Mm, Fuck you, Dickface. So here's the thing. He says, you know, I described the car, I described the guy, which way he went. Ten days later, Bonin was captured. Now here's the thing. You were taking notes when I said that. Because that story doesn't match up. With the way he does every other attack. They're on a busy freeway. He uses a cord and not his t-shirt. Here's, here's my theory. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was the freeway killer. Hmm. Too many things don't line up. Mm-hmm. But it might have been a copycat. Because like, I'm not doubting that this happened to the dude. He actually at all. No, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I yeah. should make that yeah. very clear. I we both a hundred percent believe this happened. Yeah. This guy is a survivor of an attack. Is it an attack by the freeway killer, or is it somebody else? It might have been a copycat that was trying to fly in under the radar of the freeway killer. Not to mention that he had accomplices. Yeah, like that went to jail for doing the same thing. So it could have been one of the accomplices. He did try say, to break out on their own. And failing right so hard at killing the dude that lost his ice cream truck. <laughs> oh, bud! I oh did my. read a couple of accounts by this guy because I was trying to like sort through what the fuck was going on, and he did say like the police informed me that there were three or four people doing this at the time to hitchhikers. See, and it's California in the seventies and eighties. Like, and yeah, there, there were serial killers, serial killers everywhere. Yes. They had some. Big names running around California at that time. Right. It could have been quite a few different people. It could have been anyone. I just find it very interesting that when I was looking up, like, survivors of William Bonin, the freeway killer, it comes up as either um, David as the sole survivor or just this guy who happens to have a story where he ran into a dude who might, he kind of sounded like he looked like the freeway killer. It's so fascinating to me. But, like, you're right. All those pieces of information just don't, don't quite line they up. They don't line up. Yeah. So I think he had a run in either with one of the accomplices or with a copycat. And I the agree. cops just wanted to make life easier and lump it all together. Right. Yeah, I mean, who wants to think there's like a million people doing this? Looking at you, Florida. Right. And when all he has to say is he's like a swarthy looking gentleman. Also, he says he's clean-shaven in every picture I've seen of Dickface. He has a mustache. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah, I, again, like, no slander on this dude. I believe his story 100%. Absolutely. But I think the, the ice cops... cream truck sells it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. That's that... such a, like, genuine That is so weird. Thing. That's a crazy thing to have happen to you. But, yeah, I mean, 
that is the cops not doing their due diligence and just telling him some shit. Well, they were pretty busy. Yeah. They were pretty busy. <laughs> this is some shit. This is so much happening in California. Oh my god, right? What a hideous time. What a horrible decade to live in that area of the country. There were so many big names happening in California at this time. They I, all had their hands so full, and it was such <laughs> a time for lower-level killers to be out and active because they could get those crimes lumped in right. with these big-name serial killers if they could get the crime to look close enough like it. Because, I mean, you look at some of those cases where they've got 60 victims, and the killer only fessed up to, like, 35 of them. Yeah. So what happened with the other 25? Right. Are they all still that guy's kills? Or are there, like, three other people that dumped bodies in that same area right. that are then like, oh, yeah, well, you know, whatever, it's fine. <laughs> Not me. It wasn't me. Just, Finger on nose. I just want to know if one serial killer met, met another serial killer in the woods at one point just being like, burying a body? Yeah. Me too. Don't tell anybody I was fucking here. Yeah. <laughs> you either. <laughs> okay. Have a good night. Mm-hmm. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> It's like they just look in each other's dead eyes and know it's cool. <laughs> like, what the fuck? But then you also have to wonder, like, if that happened and there's now, like, some random serial killer buried in the woods because <laughs> they were stupid enough to, like, turn their back on another serial killer. Oh, that has to happen. Serial killers had to have... Most of the time they're very territorial. Haven't we talked about this before? We, I, I feel like we have. <laughs> Area. We are very interested in finding out if also, serial killers have ever been killed by other serial killers. You guys, if you know anything about this, yes, please send it our way. Let us know. We're very, we're very interested in learning more about this. I don't know how you'd know this information, but I might report back on this next week. I might do some digging. If you are, yes, please do do some digging. I mean, I'm not going to go like so deep as like reaching out to police contacts, being like, hey, <coughs> hey. Hey. No, I'm not going to do Have that. Have there ever been serial killer rivalries that resulted in the death of one of them? Because I need to know. So I'm so, sick and you're busy, and I'm going to use that as our excuse for not having any survival tips this week. Yeah, I didn't think about survival tips, so... Yeah. So we love Go all vote. of you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's your survival tip. Yeah, don't if forget you, about just, like, voting in general. I mean, um, this might be, like, too late for a lot of the primaries that are going on right now, but, like... Yeah, I don't actually know what's happening anymore because, like, there was just a big election and that went awesome. It did. Good job to everybody that we know who worked on various campaigns. Good in job. Virginia. Good job, Virginia. Virginia, New Jersey, New Hampshire, Minnesota. Y'all killed it. Yeah. Good job. Well done. Um, and we love you very much. And uh, as always, if you have any stories um, that are about survival from any sort of weird situation, um, or just something spoopy you think would be interested in, um, please send it to us at uh-oh.dailygravy at gmail.com. Yeah! Yes, we love you all so much. Okay, goodbye! Yeah, bye! There are things you know. One plus one equals two. Pop quizzes suck. Punching Nazis is patriotic. There are things you don't know. The meaning of life. The location of Jimmy Hoffa's body. The ending of the English patient. And then there are things you don't want to know. How people are cremated. The effects of 15 days of sleeplessness. The uses of a queening stool. Don't worry about it. We cover the third kind. Join me, Mortimer. And me, Kate, as we guide our friends down a trail of wonder and terror. Discover the undiscoverable every other Tuesday. Wait, Wait what? what? Only, Only on, on the, the Daily, Daily Gravy, Gravy Network. Network.